to another installment of College Sports Today. This is episode number 36, and it's coming to you as always on WLRZ 99.3 FM and online at rss.com, Spotify, and therhinian.com. That is the official student publication of Lenore Ryan University. We very much encourage you to go check out that site and everything that we have up there right now. And again, it's not as complete as we would like it to be with podcasts and written content, but we're hoping to really accelerate that as we get closer to the school year and as things come into full swing when the fall comes around. That is, again, the official student publication of LRU, The Rhinian, and our website, therhinian.com. This is Hamilton Neal, and as always, we want to thank you for joining us this week, wherever you may be listening. Again, whether it be online, whether it be on Fridays or Mondays on WLRZ, Thank you for taking the time to do so, because, again, we have a jam-packed show. We have lots to talk about tonight, and we are going to talk exclusively today about collegiate recruiting. We'll talk college football recruiting. We'll talk a lot of college basketball recruiting as well. And we're going to begin first with some big news that came out a couple of weeks ago in regards to college football recruiting. And you may have heard about a guy named Arch Manning, 2023 number one rated prospect. He's announced his commitment to the University of Texas. And this is something that we would have got to earlier on College Sports Today, but we were doing college basketball specials the last couple of weeks. So that we had those, we didn't have as much time to get into other things like Arch Manning committing to Texas, but we're going to talk about it right here and right now. Arch Manning to the University of Texas. And this is a headline, guys, that really sent shockwaves through the college sports world, not just within college football. I mean, everybody was talking about Arch Manning. First Take, Undisputed, all of the big debate shows, all over ESPN. Everybody was talking about Arch Manning committing to Texas. And it would have been big news had he committed to a Georgia or even an Alabama. But I think it's even bigger because he's committed to Texas. He passed up the opportunity to go to Alabama, play for Nick Saban, go to Georgia, play for Kirby Smart. He's going to Texas, a school that really has struggled over the last decade or so. But this is a prospect that they are really banking on to turn them around. All right. And again, because he has the name Manning on his back, the expectations are sky high for him. Because already what people around Texas are saying is if he doesn't win a Heisman Trophy or if he doesn't win a national championship for Texas, then that run is going to be a failure. That's a lot of pressure to put on a guy as young as Arch Manning, who is already preparing for his senior year of high school. I mean, he's not even into college yet. He won't be on a campus, which will be the University of Texas campus, until 2023, until fall 2023. So for people to say that if he doesn't win a Heisman or if he doesn't win a national championship, it's going to be a failure. I think it's a little early to be saying those things. And there are really two crowds of people when it comes to Arch Manning. There is the crowd that's saying, yeah, he's going to save Texas. He's going to save Steve Sarkeesian. He's going to save the program, bring him back to prominence. And then there's the crowd that's saying, wait a minute, let's pump the brakes here on Arch Manning. He's not even a senior in high school yet. He's about to be. He's 
still got developing to do. He has growing to do. And even though he's a perfectly rated prospect by 247 Sports, by all the recruiting outlets, let's just kind of pump the brakes. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves yet. And y'all are probably wondering which crowd I'm in. Am I in the Arch is going to save Texas crowd or am I in the crowd that's like, wait a minute, let's pump the brakes. Let's not let's not say those things quite yet. I'm going to tell you right now, I've always been a fan of Arch Manning's game and what he brings to the table, but I'm pumping the brakes just a little bit. I love him. I think he's going to be great at Texas, and I think he could very well save Steve Sarkeesian's job. But when you're looking at like national championship, Heisman Trophy, that's going to take time. All right. So I'm pumping the brakes just slightly at this point. But he's clearly the best prospect in the country. And when you look at the quarterback position and what he brings in 2022, currently he fits the mold of what a modern day QB is. He has that good pocket awareness. He has the presence and the ability to extend plays. And that's something that we talked about a while back here on the show when we talked about Arch Manning and we broke down a scouting report. We talked about He's very good at extending plays, and when he's flushed out, he can escape trouble. And that's something that his uncles, Peyton and Eli Manning, really could not do throughout their whole football careers. So he's different than those guys in that way. He has good skills as an intermediate passer. I mean, I wouldn't say he's always going to be throwing bombs down the field. He's good in between the numbers like Peyton and Eli were. So... That's a very similar trait that they share, and he has the arm talent to push it downfield. I really think he's going to continue to grow there. And again, just the ability to run the offense, run a little bit even. So I love his skills. And again, I think that he's going to be great there. But we got to look at the quarterback situation currently at Texas right now. I mean, he's going to be going into a program that has Quinn Ewers in place. And if you're not familiar with Quinn Ewers, He was a perfectly graded prospect coming out of high school, just like Arch Manning is right now. He reclassed from 2022 to 2021. He committed to Ohio State after previously being committed to Texas. Saw that he clearly was not going to be ahead of C.J. Stroud at OSU. And now he's at Texas. So he's at the school he originally committed to. And he is in a quarterback battle right now with a guy named Hudson Card who was from the 2020 class, highly rated quarterback there. Hudson Card and Casey Thompson split time in 2021 at the quarterback position. And it's Ewers versus Card for the starting job. Now, to be clear, Quinn Ewers is the leader in the clubhouse for that starting quarterback gig at Texas currently. But what I fear for Quinn Ewers next year is that when Arch Manning comes to town, there's going to be a lot of public pressure on the coaching staff to insert him at quarterback. And this is something that Joel Klatt from Fox Sports talked about is if Arch beats out Quinn Ewers next year, Quinn Ewers is going to have to transfer. And if he does transfer a second time, he's going to have to sit out a year. Because now with the transfer portal, what you're able to do is hop from one school to another, but you'll be able to keep your eligibility. You'll be able to play right away. You don't have to sit a year. So if Quinn Ewers loses this job next year, he's probably going to have to transfer again because 
he's going to have to find playing time somewhere because if Arch Manning is there, it's going to be his team. And again, I think there's going to be a lot of public pressure to put him in there because he's coming here to be developed by Steve Sarkeesian. And I think that's the biggest factor in him committing to Texas is that Sark has worked in the NFL. He's worked at Alabama. He worked with Tua Tugavailoa. He worked with Mac Jones. He was an assistant at USC when Matt Leinart was there, when Reggie Bush was there. So he has a track record for developing and working with elite quarterbacks at the college level. Now, whatever they do at the NFL level, that's a whole different thing. He has nothing to do with that. But at the college level, he has a proven track record. And I think that's another big reason why he committed to Texas, along with the fact that he could get on the field right away. And, and this is, again, a Texas program that is hungry and thirsty for someone to come save them. Because this is a team that last year, with a pretty decent roster, went 5-7. and seven. Home loss to Kansas. But again, right now, it's Quinn Ewers versus Hudson Card. So, I think Ewers wins the job in 2022. And unfortunately for him, no matter how good he plays this year, it may be okay, you're in a quarterback battle with this perfectly graded guy that's coming in to take over the town. It's a tough spot to be in. And I know that if that's what transpires, that everybody's going to be pushing for Arch Manning and Quinn Ears is going to say, hey, I mean, look at me. I was perfectly graded coming out too. And again, we don't know what's going to happen yet. He could play great. He might not. It just all depends. So Arch Manning going to Texas really does shake up college football. And once Texas gets into the SEC, then that really, really changes the ball game as well. So this really, again, sent shockwaves not only through the college football world, but college sports in general. This is a very, very big deal. And this is huge for Texas to beat out Alabama, to beat out Georgia. And again, the biggest factor was Sarkeesian, just to be developed by him, get ready for the pros. And this recruitment, as high profile as it was, was very close to the vest in Manning fashion. Very, very close to the vest. Arch Manning is not really a social media guy, which I commend. You look at the fact that he did take visits, but there weren't cameras in his face all the time. You know, all that stuff. It's very, very close to the vest with the Mannings. They want to keep it first class. They are the first family of football. And Arch is expected to be at that level in the NFL that Peyton was at, that Eli was at winning Super Bowls. And everyone expects him to be the number one pick. I just say for now, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's let him play his senior year of high school. Let's let him get entrenched at Texas. Because it's very rare for a young guy to come in and win. I mean, what Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson as a true freshman winning a national championship is very much an outlier. That does not happen often. And I think that's what Texas fans are expecting. So what I say to them is, you got your guy of the future in Arch, but just pump the brakes a little bit. But again, it's very big news. Arch Manning headed to the University of Texas. So that's college football recruiting and what we have there. But now let's wrap up this first segment by talking about men's college basketball recruiting. And here we're talking about Robert Dillingham. He's a top five recruit, and he has announced his commitment to the Kentucky Wildcats, giving the team their second top 30 guard in the 2023 class. Dillingham originally committed to NC State back last December, but reopened his recruitment in March. 
He chose Kentucky over a Final Four that also included Auburn, USC, and Louisville. So, again, I don't think this was unexpected by any stretch. Kentucky landing a top five player in the class. It seems that they do it every single class. They land an elite player at some position. And a lot of the time, it's elite post players because of the track record that Calipari has with the big men. But here, landing Robert Dillingham, you get a guy who possesses great ball skills and court vision. He's skilled as a shot creator. He finds the open space in the half court. And he's very, very good at changing speed and direction. And he's really developing as a true three-level scorer. And he's skilled as an off-ball defender. Again, I don't know what he's going to be as an on-ball defender, but off the ball, at least, he's going to be pretty great. Really just because of his instincts and the timing that he plays with on defense. And now with him in place, you kind of have your point guard of the future. I think he's really going to be playing a lot of one. And their other top 30 guard, Reed Shepard, is really going to kind of be that true two guard. And Reed Shepard is another guy that we've talked about on this show before. We talked about the news when he committed to Kentucky. And he's a guy that I think is still very underrated at number 29, according to ESPN. And again, here we're talking about the ESPN 100. Usually we talk about 247sports.com and their rankings, which I personally like a little bit better. But I think Dillingham, number five, Shepard, number 29. That's pretty accurate here from ESPN. And Kentucky is still in the mix for a lot of other prospects in this class. They're still in the running for DJ Wagner, number one player. Ron Holland, Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, all of those guys are five stars as well. Wagner is obviously the guy who would be the crown jewel of any recruiting class. But it looks like Louisville is moving more in the lead for him because of the hiring of Milt Wagner, his grandfather there. So... Even if they don't get DJ, who Robert Dillingham would love to play with, he said it publicly, uh, they're they're still going to have a great class. And their backcourt is set for the future, Dillingham and Shepard. And I love what those guys bring to the table. So very excited to see what happens in men's basketball recruiting coming up through the next couple of months. Obviously, not a whole lot is going to be happening just because AAU ball, all of that stuff is kind of winding down now that we're here in July. And as we go into the fall, it's going to be official visits. We're going to have Big Blue Madness at Kentucky, Countdown to Craziness at Duke, Craziness in the Kennel at Gonzaga, all these preseason hype events. That's really the next big stuff that we're going to be talking about with college basketball. But again, as far as recruiting, early fall signing period, that's going to be a big moment for a lot of these guys, especially in 2023. And it's now their moment to commit and decide where they're going to spend their next year or maybe two, three, four years. So that's what's going on in men's basketball recruiting. And with that, we wrap up segment one of the show coming up on the other side in segment number two, we will talk the latest news in women's college basketball recruiting. A lot of big commitments there. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to College Sports Today on WLRZ 99.3 FM and LRN News. We'll be right back.
back in to College Sports Today. We're now heading into the second frame of our show where we are talking all about women's college basketball recruiting. And again, women's college basketball on College Sports Today has been a very big topic over the last couple of weeks. Last week on the show, we had our preview of this upcoming season. We talked about the top 10 preseason teams. We talked about the top five freshmen in the nation. And here today, again, we're talking all about the recruiting aspect of women's college basketball. And things are still pretty active right now. And that might be hard to believe, but we still have a lot of stuff going on. And right now we have class of 2023 recruits really starting to ramp up their process, really start to make decisions here. And we're going to have more when the early fall signing period comes up in November. But as of right now, we have a couple of high profile players now off the board and we're going to talk about them right here. And we're going to start with Michaela Williams. And if you're not familiar with Michaela Williams, she is the top ranked recruit in the class of 2023, according to ESPN, and she is committed to LSU. This is an LSU program that is now led by Kim Mulkey, former head coach at Baylor, championship winning player at Louisiana Tech. And she's now back in the state, really starting to turn this program around. And she felt like, hey, I want a new challenge. And, you know, she's coming back to where her roots are. Playing at Louisiana Tech back in the 80s, she was winning championships as part of what really was the first dynasty in women's college basketball, even before Tennessee, even before UConn. It was Louisiana Tech of all programs. They were the powerhouse. And now here at LSU, Mulkey is starting to recruit a lot of elite players. And now with Michaela Williams in the fold, they have their guard of the future. She is six foot one from Louisiana. So the fact that she's committed to LSU really was not surprising to me. And she did consider Ole Miss, Duke, Texas A&M, and Baylor. But I really do believe that those schools were kind of just thrown on there just to kind of have a list down. And again, I don't know, Michaela. I don't know what happened on the very inside of that recruiting process, but just what I've heard, what I've seen and felt from afar is that LSU was clearly the front runner. When that list was put together, those other schools were not being considered quite as much or nearly as much at all. And this past year at Parkway High School, she was named the Gatorade Louisiana Girls Basketball Player of the Year, averaging 22.8 points, 8 rebounds, 3.7 assists, and 2.2 steals. Just an incredible stat line for a junior. And she brings so much offensive talent to LSU. And when you watch her play, you see the ability to use the step back and jab step moves. She thrives as a pull-up and three-point shooter off the dribble or off the catch. And she's very good at playing at the shooting guard spot. She is in no way, shape, or form a lead point guard. She is a true off guard. And she is absolutely electric. And she doesn't have to have many touches to really get going. That's the thing about her that makes her so dangerous is she can get a couple of three-pointers off the catch. She can use that step back, that jab step, and hit a couple of shots, and she's already near 20 points. That's what makes her so elite. For some players, it takes them quite a bit to heat up, and they need a lot of shots to get going, but kind of like Steph Curry, James Harden, they don't need many shots. And I think she has a very similar style of play to that of James Harden because of the way that she utilizes the step back and the jab step. 
she is going to be money for LSU. And this is a roster that is very new look from last year, even. They added Angel Reese from Maryland, Ladesia Williams from Missouri, Kateri Poole from Ohio State, Jasmine Carson from West Virginia, and Laster Poa from Northwest Florida State College. You always have to go find a good Juco player because there are gems at the junior college level, diamonds in the rough. And that's a really good transfer haul. In fact, it's a great one because Angel Reese is really going to play that four spot, be that 20 and 10 type of player. And I think she's going to thrive in pick and roll action with Michaela Williams. You see them in the pick and roll action. That could be money. Absolute money for LSU. So I love the addition of Michaela Williams. That is the crown jewel that they needed to add to this team in 2023. And I think that they're going to have a great team in 2023. Not just a good team, but a great team. Because Reese is going to be there. A lot of those other players that I mentioned are going to be there. And I think they're going to be much improved from this season. Just with the addition alone of Michaela Williams. That's how good she is. She could really revolutionize what this team does in the backcourt. And I really do feel like she's going to be to this women's team what Cam Thomas was to the men's team at LSU in 2020. Cam Thomas just lit up the scoreboard, was electric, was their best player as a freshman from day one. And I think Michaela is going to be that for LSU. So that's what's going on with them. Now let's talk about UConn a little bit. As they've added a third commitment to their class of 2023, as they have landed guard wing Caden Samuels. Currently, she is rated at number 35 in the class by ESPN and chose the Huskies over a host of other programs, including Tennessee, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Florida State, among others. And again, guys, this is a player that really kind of fell under the radar for some. And Gino Oriema has really found some gems that are not in the top five. Kia Nurse was a player that was ranked right around this range in the 30s. Stephanie Dolson was around the 30s. And Caden Samuels is somebody that really describes herself as a big guard. She has great length and athletic skills at 6'2". She's a good driver and cutter to the rim. I think that's the first thing you see with her. But she's improving her jump shot, not only from mid-range, but from three. And she's continuing to buy in and tap into her defensive potential. And we know about UConn, to get on the floor early there, you have to play defense. If you want to be on the floor at all, you got to play defense. Because if Gino Oriema doesn't see you buying in on both sides of the ball, then he's going to put you on the bench, no matter how good you are offensively. If you're not committed defensively, Gino's not going to be cool with that. Let me just put that out there right now. So Samuels joins a class for UConn that also includes Ashlyn Shade and KK Arnold, two elite guards in this 23 class. Shade is ranked sixth by ESPN. Arnold is ranked seventh overall. And again, Samuels is ranked 35th. And what Shade and Arnold bring to the table are two very different things. Arnold is the pure point guard, the distributor, can create off the bounce. Shade is a lights out three point shooter, moves and cuts without the basketball well. We talked about those two players here on College Sports Today when they committed to UConn. So this is a great three-player class. And I think UConn is still looking to add a fourth player. I don't think they're completely done yet. They could be done by default. You know, if all their other targets like Madison Booker and Chloe Kitts and all those players go to other schools, then they'll have to roll with these three. But if they find someone else, 
maybe a new recruit, an international prospect, somewhere. If they find somebody and they add a fourth player, it would probably be in the post because they need someone in the post after not making the cut for Bria Cunningham, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, missing out on other players. They're going to need somebody. So we'll see how that goes. But again, I love what she brings to the table and will be very underrated at UConn. And I think could project as a WNBA player down the line if she gets the minutes and develops and becomes what Gina Oriama thinks that she can be. Because UConn would not be recruiting her if they didn't think she would have value to the program. So I love this addition. We'll see what she brings to the table there. And now, as promised, we're going to talk about Bria Cunningham to wrap up the show. This is a player in the class of 2023 that has dropped in the rankings recently, but is so, so good. Five-star post player, six-foot-four senior out of La Jolla Country Day High School in California. She has announced her commitment to the Arizona Wildcats. Arizona is one of the premier programs now in women's college basketball. This is a team that under Adia Barnes has four straight 21 seasons. She took over in 2016. The team was really a wreck at that point. But really when 2018, 2019 came around, they really started to turn a corner. Then in 2020, they went to the national championship game. And this past year, again, had a great season. So I love what they're doing now with the addition of Bria Cunningham, who at Lajola Country Day this past year, averaged 18.4 points, 11.4 rebounds, 1.5 steals, and 1.4 blocks. And this was really a West Coast recruitment from start to end. Because she's, again, in California, UCLA, USC were there. Oregon was also in the mix. Texas was on the final list as well. All of those schools were alongside Arizona on the short list. And Cunningham is the second five-star player to commit to Adia Barnes in this class. Montea Du is the other one, 6'2 forward from Las Vegas Centennial. She is ranked ninth by ESPN. Cunningham is ranked 10th. And again, a minute ago, I said that she dropped a little bit. She was number four in the rankings, but in the most recent update by ESPN, she dropped to 10 and she's ranked third at the post player position. But when you see what she brings to the table at the high school level and what she's going to bring to Arizona in 23, it's a physical post presence. She draws double teams consistently, has great hands and footwork, rises over the defender, is a very good rebounder and is a defensive presence. I think she's very similar to Isonay Brady, who's a freshman at UConn. Similar size, similar type of presence offensively and defensively. And you're going to see her a lot alongside Montea Du, who is a player who also rose her stock. Now, again, because they're both freshmen, depending on what Arizona has up front already, I don't know if they're going to be playing together as freshmen, but they are the front court of the future. No doubt about that. They are the front court of the future for Arizona. And I just love what Adia Barnes has done to turn this team around. Again, after I said, if you go back and look at Arizona's record before she came in, what they were doing from year to year, they were among the worst Power 5 teams in the country. They were maybe the worst Power 5 team in the nation. And this past year, they were 21-8, and eight, finished second in the Pac-12. They lost to Carolina in the NCAA tournament. So... They didn't go quite as far as they did the year before, but they're set for the future and they're ready to challenge Stanford, UCLA, Oregon in the Pac-12. Now, again, next week, we're going to talk about 
more conference realignment stuff for the future, UCLA and USC, just a little hint for what we're going to be talking about next week. They're not going to be in the Pac-12 anymore. They're going to the Big Ten of all places. And again, next week, we may even put together a whole special on that stuff because it's so crazy right now. Oregon's trying to leave the Pac-12. Again, more on that next week. But this conference is going to shake up around the time when Cunningham will be sophomore junior. So things are definitely changing in collegiate athletics when it comes to conference realignment. And now again, like I said at the top, we're seeing elite players now come off the board in 2023. And it's very exciting to talk about, very exciting to get into. And with that, that's all we have here on episode 36 of College Sports Today. As always, we have enjoyed bringing this episode to you. We want to give a special thanks to everybody at Lenoran University, the College of Fine Arts and Communications, and WLRZ 99.3 FM. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.